his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Well, this might be one of my favorite Christmas songs. We're trying to work them in on the bumps this week. Clarence Carter, a little backdoor Santa action. They call me backdoor Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. It's always at this point in the show when I say something like that that I envision my wife and my daughter in the car and my daughter saying, What's a backdoor Santa, Mommy? It's about to break a day. I apologize for that to my wife and any other families out there. I make all the little girls happy. Ah, but Merry Christmas, and Clarence Carter feels that way as well. It's 508 FM Talk, St. Louis's home for conservative talk. we got a roundtable coming up a little later this week on Friday. we got a new police chief today. I was wrong on that because it was a white dude. Didn't expect that. Jane weighed in at the beginning of the show. We're going to talk about that with Jeff Rainford, former chief of staff for Mayor Slay. And Gene Evans will be here on the show on Friday as well. So all that coming up. We do have an audio cut of the day coming up a little bit later this hour. And my friend John O'Leary will be here. John O'Leary has become one of the most amazing motivational speakers across the planet. And his story, I think a lot of people in St. Louis are familiar with what happened to John 35 years ago. I'd have to do the math exactly. He'll refresh our memory where he almost killed himself by playing with fire, was burned over 90% of his body, was pretty much written off for dead. And Jack Buck was involved in that story in a very inspirational way. John loves to share his story, but he also served as the chaplain at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital for three years. So he has seen firsthand how the money that is being donated this week by hopefully many of you with the Tree Hope campaign actually goes to work and works here in the community and helps all these families. So that's coming up a little bit later. Uh, We got some inflation numbers today. They weren't quite as bad as the last month. They weren't good either. And Steve Forbes is back with us. He's the chairman of Forbes Media. Of course, he ran for president one time back in the day. He's written a book recently called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, How to Fix It. Steve Forbes, how are you? Welcome back. Has it been a little while, I think. Uh, Good to be back. I'm doing fine, better than uh, the economy or the Federal Reserve or the markets right now. Yeah. So, you know, I've been looking at the market this week has been a little green. I've seen green. And then all of a sudden today uh, we got red numbers again, right? Uh, We did. That's smacked by reality. The Federal Reserve, yes, they raised interest rates by the expected amount. But they indicated they were going to continue applying uh, the torture on the rack into next year. Uh, the Fed only knows how to fight inflation by depressing the economy. So uh, things are going to get worse before they get better, sadly. 
So, all of it is unnecessary. All right. When you say it's unnecessary, what what should we be doing? Look, the president comes out the other day, says his economic plan is working, Steve. Uh, he doesn't think that the Fed and their moves are slowing down, you know, inflation, that his economic policies are the Fed. Then uh, Jay Powell says, OK, we don't have to go quite as heavy as we did the last time. We do, you know, a 0.5 percent increase. The market's going to turmoil again. So what is going to fix this? And, and what is your plan and advice to this administration? Well, uh, number one, in terms of uh, what you might call non-market inflation, uh, leave the economy alone. Stop waging war against oil and gas. Uh, Stop piling on regulations. Uh, Postpone that stupid tax increase that's coming January 1st and things like that. Help the economy rather than hurt it. Uh, The Federal Reserve, uh, stop uh, this uh, trashing of the economy. The Fed believes you make uh, fight inflation by making people poorer. That will bring down prices when people can't buy as much. The savings rate has virtually disappeared down to 2.3%. People are going through the savings they uh, piled up during the COVID lockdowns. So that cushion is uh, disappearing for more and more people. So the Federal Reserve should simply stabilize the value of the dollar. You know, you expect when you buy a gallon of gasoline, the the size of a gallon of gasoline doesn't change each day. When you buy a pound of uh, cheese, uh, the 16-ounce pound doesn't change each day. And uh, so, too, with the value of money, that should be stable. You know, you have 12 inches in a foot. We don't float that. So the Fed, there's no talk at all about having a reliable, stable dollar, which we used to do for our first 200 years of existence. And uh, so uh, we have this volatility of the dollar got very, very strong for months and it got weak again. And now it's uh, coming back up again. It's like a yo-yo. And when you have that, you don't get long term productive investment, which hurts the economy. And uh, you get the kind of a, a price inflation that uh, we have today. So the fact that oh, inflation is not going up as much. Yes, but it's still going up. Things are becoming are still becoming more expensive. And so one sector gets hit one month, another sector gets hit another month. But people notice their dollars aren't buying what they used to. Yeah. And Powell said that maybe in February, this just goes up a, a quarter point. If if thing, I don't know what his reasoning is, but you're saying at this point, enough is enough with what the Fed is doing. Yes. Just let the let the market set interest rates. Why do we have these, you know, suppressing interest rates, which was a disaster, uh, because of uh, free money for people who could get it and companies right. that could get it and countries that could get it. That's why the debts everywhere around the world have piled up. Japan has a national debt, and Japan is twice proportionally than ours. Ours is at a record peacetime level by far. So we have all this debt out there. So stop manipulating interest rates like rent control. We all know rent control distorts the market. Well, suppressing interest rates or manipulating interest rates is a form of rent control. But instead of renting an apartment, you're renting money. So leave it alone and uh, stop this manipulation. You're doing too much harm. So, no, the Fed should stop this idea that making people poor is good for the economy. It isn't. Well, and I'm, I'm with you, Stephen. I think a lot of people are. The problem is, is this is where we are right now. And as we head into 2023, I mean, I guess we had some uh, GDP I'd say flat, but maybe just a little bit of growth after a negative quarter. What's your expectation? Do you think that we're in a recession, heading toward a recession? I mean, it seems like that's what Jay Powell is hoping for at this point. Yes, it is. He won't say it, but it's like uh, doctors in days of old. They used to bleed the patient. Of course, that got rid of the patient's pain and suffering because it got rid of the patient. And uh, so uh, what he's doing now, he wants to slow down. He hope it isn't too bad. 
But he's as much as said back in August that uh, there were a lot of households are going to feel a lot of pain, and that's happening already. So I'll leave it to the economic theologians to determine when, if we have a recession this quarter, we won't. Well, probably won't be till the second half of next year. But the bottom line is most people are falling behind rather than moving ahead. So whatever you want to call it is, it's going backwards, not forwards. You know, I, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times on, on the air just because I notice the, you know, the mail that I'm getting. And uh, I'm not going to tell you that I've been always the best with credit cards over the years, but I'm a lot better now. And most of my balances are at zero. But I get these offers, you know, for balance transfers and things along those lines. And I'm seeing those come in more than I, I remember having because these credit card companies, the banks know that people need money right now because they're running out of money. So that's just going to exacerbate the issue moving into next year because you talk about the savings rate is now down the, the, the credit, the amount that people are putting on credit, that's sky high again after really being reduced during the pandemic. That's right. People are going into debt. And then you have the uh, discombobulation, the chaos in the housing market. You have a strange situation where prices are now starting to move down because mortgage rates are what? Six and a half, seven percent. And so uh, sellers don't want to sell because, one, uh, they can't get the price they want, but buyers can't buy because sellers don't want to sell because they're underwater. So you have this uh, sort of a market that's uh, going, going becoming dead in the water uh, because both buyers and sellers uh, are not liking what they see. Yeah, and I don't know how that's going to work itself. I think we were all bracing a couple of years ago. We thought, well, the housing market's going to just tank with the pandemic, and the opposite happened. And now I think— um, Well, when you, when you print up a lot of money, yeah. uh, things strange things happen. Let, let me ask you, Steve Forbes is with us, chairman of Forbes Media. He wrote a book called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, How to Fix It. Let me ask you about a couple of things that are related to this. I know that you weighed in on this. This whole notion, Steve, that we're going to pay climate change reparations to poor countries. That's that's a gem, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's another form of just foreign aid, paying, paying money to governments. And uh, it makes it sound like that uh, making the progress we've made in the last 200 years from when the average income in today's dollars was 3 or 4 or $5 a day to what we have today, bad as it is today, it's uh, 50 times better than it was 200 years ago. But thanks to cheaper energy like fossil fuels, hello, uh, we're supposed to apologize for that. That is preposterous. Without the fossil fuels, we'd still be poor, uh, living in mud huts, living in caves, barely getting by, living 20 or 30 years less than we do now, having high infant mortality rates, all those uh, uh, terrible things of the past we'd get again. So there's no apology for using energy the way we have. And then going into the future, if we want a better future, we need more energy and cheaper energy. You know, one of the biggest energy producers today, they don't like to discuss it, is the energy. I mean, it is the, uh, is the high-tech industry. You take uh, the, the global cloud. The cloud today around the world uses twice as much energy as the entire nation of Japan. So you're gonna, if you want a better future, we need more and cheaper energy. So this nonsense talk of we're going to get rid of oil and gas Okay, we want to go back to where we lived 150 years ago. Go right ahead. But you, you've got to have more production of fossil fuels and other sources. Great. But uh, let's stop this uh, fantasy, destructive fantasy land and get real. 
We need more energy and cheaper energy. You know, I actually I highlighted this on the show yesterday. There was an editorial this week. This will come as no surprise to you. You may have even seen it by the L.A. Times that talked about this whole thing. And they, they said the point of the points of the op-ed was, or the editorial was, look, we, this is electric cars. That's not going to do it all because that only reduces, you know, the energy used by about 40 percent, maybe 50 percent if you're being rosy because you still have to provide the energy to plug the car in. But then they said this was the guy's point, Steve. He said, we need to talk about fewer cars and um, more public transportation. And then he threw in bicycles because I live, you know, uh, 25 miles from here, 25 minutes from downtown St. Louis. I'll just ride my bike in every day. That's the plan. Yeah. Cardiologists will love it, but uh, you're not, you're not going to do very well when it's raining or snowing and sleeting <clears throat> and uh, the time it takes. Oh, put that aside too. No, it's absolutely preposterous. They want to have a lower standard of living. Keep the poor of the world poor, maybe even poorer. Make all of us poor. It's just absolute nonsense. And in terms of, oh, we'll save energy with electric vehicles, that is uh, open to real dispute. Because where do they get the electric? You, if you want to, to, to replace oil and gas, you have to mine a lot of minerals like lithium, which happens to come a bigger part of these minerals come from China. But put that aside. You're going to have to rip up the earth to supply all those minerals. And in mining, where do they get the energy for mining? Oh, from fossil fuels and uh, electricity. Where does the electricity come from? Oh, from things like natural gas. So when you actually uh, uh, go in the weeds of this thing or actually look at what it takes to make these things happen that they want, it's preposterous. It means a lower standard of living. It means people go backwards rather than forwards. And politically, that is political poison. It's people are not going to tolerate it. So when he says less cars, uh, use public transportation. No, we did that 100 years ago. We want to move forward, not backwards. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, I don't know about where you are going to be next week. I'm looking at our forecast here in St. Louis. It's going to be really, really cold right around Christmas. And we're going to get, I think, uh, a bit of blast of winter here early with cold temperatures. And people are going to see these bills and be shocked so in the coming months. Take your bike out and ride in the snow. <laughs> see how far <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, but I'm just, I'm talking about the sticker shock. I know that you've written about this a little bit. There's going to be some sticker shock when people see their bills in January, February, aren't there? Yes, there are. And uh, there are certain parts of the country. We've been warned in our part of the country, around New Jersey, New York area, northeast, that uh, we may have shortages of heating oil. Oh, that's great. Uh, and uh, so the L.A. writer, come, come and see what it's like when you don't have fossil fuels. Diesel, we already have a problem with not enough diesel, which uh, makes uh, things more expensive. So uh, we, we, we hopefully in 2024... Uh, people are already starting to look at that election. We got to get the candidates who are good, make the case for having a, a positive future rather than moving backwards and making people poor. Uh, the American people aren't going to tolerate it. So uh, I think we're in for a rough sledding short term, but I think the American people are going to rise up and say, this is nonsense. We've pulled out of rough times before, like the 1970s and now the glorious 1980s. We're going to, it's about time we did it again and get rid of these people who uh, want to make us poor. But they're going to live very well because they live off the government teeth. Let me let me ask you a little broader question just about politics. We're coming off this midterm election. The red wave was more of a red trickle. We had an op-ed that was written by one of our senators, Senator Hawley, here about conservatism and what it means and how the Republicans, he thinks, maybe should blow it up just a little bit. You gave a speech recently to Cedarville University about what conservatism is. You probably heard some of these, you know, conversations about the future of conservatism. Where does Steve Forbes stand on the future of conservatism? 
Uh, it is the future. It's what made this country what it is. And it means uh, uh, trusting individuals instead of uh, uh, so-called experts. It means a sound dollar, low tax rates, uh, less uh, stupid rules and regulations, and uh, letting the American people move forward. It means having a border. We actually have a border again, uh, so you know who's coming into the country. It means uh, uh, backing up law and order, so you don't have the kind of crime we're having in our major cities. Uh, letting parents control where their kids go to school so they get a real education and not get shafted the way they did by the uh, teachers' unions who want to do it again. So uh, it's called freedom. It's worked for us for over 200 years. about time we return to it full-blown. Are you picking a side in the Trump versus DeSantis cage match at this point or not? Uh, no, uh, because it's too early. Uh, we have to see what candidates can put resources together. Uh, Governor DeSantis will be formidable because he doesn't hesitate to touch uh, a third rails. Uh, he's going after uh, the drug companies and some of the uh, vaccines yeah, they've been I know, doing I saw lately. That. That's good. And and so uh, this is a guy who's got backbone. And, uh, you know, Elon Musk wasn't born here, so he can't run. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, and, I am, too. Uh, I think, uh, well, I I think we're going to have some uh, uh, good, positive policies, uh, like a flat too. tax. Get rid of the IRS. How about that? <laughs> I, I know a guy. I used to interview this guy that talked about a flat tax all the time going back. Uh, oh, that was you, Steve Forbes. That's right. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Single rate system. <laughs> Uh, so we need it, it more than ever. A few keystrokes. We, especially when you, you got the IRS that's, you know, the, you, the case for the flat tax, I think, is made even more when you start to think about these 87,000 IRS agents and, you know, tapping into Venmo and all that kind of stuff. But, Steve, you have a great holiday. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for coming on here, as always, in St. Louis on 97.1 FM Talk. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. That's Steve Forbes. I love Steve Forbes, and it has been a while since we've had him on. On the topic of DeSantis, if you haven't heard some of the things in the last couple of days, he's talking about kind of going after some of these things related to COVID. I mean, you, you take an MNRA shot, and the way to view it is, okay, what are the benefits and what are the drawbacks? And it seems like our medical establishment never wanted to be honest with people uh, about the potential drawbacks. I heard from, we have Senator Lamping, former Senator Lamping on a lot as a guest, and we were talking last week just about the future of conservatism. And, you know, John was early in on Donald Trump in 2015 and 2016, told me all along he was going to win when I didn't think he was, and he was right. Now, I don't think that history can repeat itself, but look, you can't rule anything out. But he sent me this yesterday because I think this is a definitely a good path for DeSantis. You've seen this polling that's come out now with the primary um, and Trump's just getting steamrolled on some of these numbers right now, but DeSantis is doing the right things. He says, and this is what he tweeted out yesterday, Florida will hold the medical establishment accountable by creating a grand jury to investigate mRNA shots in big pharma, investigating cardiac-related deaths tied to the mRNA vaccine, and also forming a public health and integrity committee to oversee the medical establishment. Uh, a lot of people thought some of this stuff was conspiratorial months and months ago. I think they're legitimate questions that should be answered. Will it get any coverage? That's another question with the media. We'll find out. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. 
Penfield's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Audio cut of the day be coming up here before, will be coming up before the hour is over. Tomorrow on the show, you know, one of the things we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, the Twitter files, Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, Michael Schellenberger, not getting a lot of coverage in the mainstream media. We're going to talk about it tomorrow with the Media Research Center and find out Curtis Hawks is going to join me. Why is that? I mean, some of this is rhetorical, but we'll get into that here on the Thursday show. We have a roundtable set for Friday. Jane will be here. Jeff Rainford, Gene Evans, all on the panel. We're in the middle, the uh, really the thick of the Tree of Hope campaign for Cardinal Glenn and SSM Children's Hospital. And uh, my guest is John O'Leary, who was not when he was younger at Cardinal Glennon, but still can relate to all of this and also spent some years as a chaplain at Cardinal Glennon. John's story is very unique. He's become a motiv- motivational speaker. I think a lot of people are familiar with him. We'll recap the story. Mr. John O'Leary, how are you? My friend, Mark Reardon, great to hear your voice, man. I, uh, I think I mischaracterized what happened to you earlier when I was trying to summarize your story. I said at the time that when you were a little kid, I think you were nine at the time, you were burned on 90% of your body because you were playing with fire. But that's inaccurate because you were burned on 100% of your body, weren't you? <laughs> right. Man, I didn't want to correct you. I think 90% <laughs> is a high enough number to be burned on. But if you want the facts, it is 100% burn, and 87% of those were third degree. You were given 1% chance to live, right? 1% chance of survival. And you, I don't even know how much in those early days you remember, but Jack Buck becomes a very important part of this story. And it's been an amazing story of survival, hasn't it? Yeah, so that the odds were, the doctor was talking to my mom about how difficult this recovery would be. And so she said, doctor, you're saying it's about a 50-50 chance of my son coming home. And he said, ma'am, I'm not a betting man, but if I had to put odds on it, your son would have less than one half of 1% chance of, of surviving tonight. And then he said, and those odds will never go up. So what he was saying is this is going to be an incredibly unlikely journey, but we are going to fight for your son. And that's what they did. They fought with and for me for five and a half months of hospital. You mentioned the, the name that everybody, all your listeners are familiar with Jack Buck. Jack heard about this, Mark, the night I was burned. And although they were telling him that night that this probably wasn't going to work out well for the little boy, the following day, January 18th, he shows up at the hospital. You asked me if I could remember it, and and I do remember it. He walks into this room. My eyes were swollen shut, so I could not see him. But I heard the footsteps. I heard him sit down. I heard somebody clear their throat. And then I heard that beautifully gargly voice of Jack Buck say, kid, wake up, Sid, wake up. Sid, I can't even do a good Jack Buck. Some people can, but you can, I can hear him saying that, you right? We can all, if we know Jack Buck and we grew up with him here in St. Louis, we can hear him saying that to you right now. 
Well, the, the, the favorite part for me as a speaker is not how great Jack was to me. It's every single time I speak around St. Louis, people come up afterwards with their own Jack Buck impersonation, usually <laughs> as bad as mine. Right. But then after they do their impersonation, they say, uh, yeah, he picked up the tab for me one time at this restaurant. He visited my father in Cape Girardeau at a retirement home. He went into a prison, prison to visit my brother. Th- th- this was a man who did an awful lot of good for John O'Leary. And I love that part of the story. But the better part is he did a lot of good around St. Louis. Yeah, that's you're not kidding. And you, you hope, you know, I think Jack and, and people like that that want to do generous things don't like to draw attention to all those things because they're doing it um, to help people. But you hope and, and you don't hear those stories necessarily is why I bring it up. But you hope that's still going on today with a lot of people. And it's harder in the era of social media because everyone's going to snap pictures and everything. But I bet there's still some good stuff happening out there. There is. And a lot of them are the ones doing it quietly and they do it quietly on purpose. So I'm not going to name drop right now, but we have a ton of athletes. We've got a lot of great voices, Mark Reardon, yours included, that are doing great things and asking for no acclaim for it. Well, let's kind of wind this into the Tree Hope campaign. So you you missed school. You were in the hospital for five months. I mean, I don't even know. Did you miss an entire year of school? But you, you certainly had a lot of catching up to do, right? Yeah, I, I, my wife would say I still do have some catching up to do. So there, there's a long way to go, Reardon. But uh, I, I missed five and a half months in hospital, another seven and a half months once I got home. But throughout that time and then in the summer in between, we had we had special educators come up by my house and they'd spend a couple hours with me. And it was enough to keep little John O'Leary up with his class. So I bring that up because, as you know, and you were a chaplain for several years at Cardinal Glennon and you saw some of this at work. So they have something that is funded not by the insurance from the patients there. The doctors are going to take great care of you. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Everyone's going to get the same treatment. But the Shining Star School, which provides education and resources so kids, if they have a, a childhood cancer diagnosis or something else that's devastating, similar you know, to what you went through, they have the educational resources. And, John, you've seen this at work at Cardinal Glennon, haven't you? Right. And, and not only do they have it, but they have the, the teachers who are familiar how to love kids who might be struggling physically or emotionally or scared away from home, or they don't want an adult in their situation, or they don't want to learn about school right now when they're receiving treatment. So not only do they have the programs lined up, Mark, but they have the type of leader, the type of servant who's able to meet these kids where they are as they are. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you, do you have any memories of some of those kids, or did you develop any relationships similar to the one that Jack Buck formed with you when you saw some patients coming through that needed some help? Well, there, there are two. I was talking about you today with a friend of mine, and they said, "Why'd you stop after three years of working there?" And I'm like, "I just, I shared. It, it just got too hard because these little stories become your stories, and a lot of times you get to wave goodbye to these kids. Like, what a gift! And if we're being real about it, sometimes that's not the ultimate wave goodbye. Sometimes it's painful, and sometimes it's agony. And right. in particular, as a chaplain." We're there in the darkest times. So uh, it, it just became very difficult for me. One of my favorite stories, and I've never shared this before. So uh, on the Mark Reardon show only. Well, I appreciate it's the that. First, no, no problem. I was speaking to this little boy's mom and dad about what was going on. And they talked about how uh, things were looking really long and that this little boy probably would not make it. So they were hoping that I would just go in and encourage them, just and love them. So I walk in and, and I meet this little kid. He was about eight. Uh, and we start talking about ice cream, and then we start talking about baseball, and we make this relationship and start talking about real life. And then he says to me, uh, Mr. John, can I tell you something? Whew. So I say, sure. And then he goes, 
my mom and dad don't know, but I'm not going to make it. Um, so will you be strong for them when I'm gone? Oh, my. So these kids have so much wisdom and so much awareness on really what's going on. And the wild thing we saw again and again and again from our kids is that they try to be strong for their family. They try to be strong for their parents. And so then what we as a staff and what we as a community try to do, because this is our job now, is we want to be strong for those kids. Yeah, I think sometimes that story, wow. That and, and I've said this before, and I think that this sort of speaks to it. Some of these programs that they have that are funded by this Tree of Hope campaign, it's for mom and dad because they might need it more than the kids, right? That's right. When you're a child, well, I'll only, only speak for myself on this one. I assumed that John O'Leary was the only one burned. You know, poor me. I'm the one in the hospital, and I'm the one going through skin grafts. And about 24 years later, we started as a family talking about what we went through. And that's when I realized, yeah, I, I was the one in the hospital, but my parents were with me. They lost their house. They, they practically lost their child. My five siblings did indeed lose their parents for five and a half months. We lost some financial wherewithal. Like, there was a lot of struggle during that time. So although little John O'Leary had an awful lot of people showing up for him, what we also recognize as a family is we need a lot of people showing up for my mom and dad and also for my five siblings. Was it a situation, and I think you wrote about this in the book, that for, for, for the longest time, it was what year, John? Was it 80, 80, 87? 87, okay. But for the longest time, even in the family, there were things that just weren't discussed, right? Yeah, it's so strange. And it, You know, Mark, when you go, go through something bad, seemingly bad, the last thing you want to do is talk about it. You, you try as a family, or at least the O'Leary family did, to come home and move forward. So we move forward, man. I mean, we rebuilt the house. Eventually, O'Leary goes back to school. Life returns to normal, and we never, ever look back, ever. And it was only after my, my father got Parkinson's disease, eventually loses his employment, comes home, starts reflecting on his life, that they wrote a little, little baby book, man. 100 pages, printed 100 copies. It's the, the first unauthorized biography of John O'Leary's life. So they write this little book, and it goes viral. And it frees us as a family to talk about the difficult but recognize the blessings within it. So, yeah, it, we seldom talked about it for a couple decades. And now, of course, as you know, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you do, and you can find out a little bit more about John at the website, johnolearyinspires.com. You've written a couple of books. I know we talked about In Awe. That came out a couple of years ago. I have to ask you about something, though, and, and I'd love to know how the uh, the circuit's going with with speaking, because obviously that was put on hold with COVID. But there's a there's an image of you that I've never seen on the website. There's a picture of you playing the piano in front of a big crowd. What is that about, John? It looks like there's 18,000 people in that room. Well, you're underestimating, man. Again, first 90%, now 18,000. So, uh, that, that picture was taken at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, and there was even a spillover room. So it was a total crowd of 24,000. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a speaker for the listeners who don't know. So I'm, I'm out there primarily to speak, but there's this big grand piano on the stage as I'm doing the sound check in the morning. And I, I, you know, I grew up playing the piano, so I sit down and just start playing a couple notes, and I don't have fingers in my hands, but my, my mother taught me how to play to not make excuses. <laughs> and, but I had no plan at all playing that night because I'm not a pianist, man. I hit the wrong keys all the time. And then the lady who was in charge of the meeting said, whoa, I didn't know you played the piano. So I said, oh, ma'am, I don't. She goes, I just heard you. Would you play tonight? 
And I've, I've learned, whether it's the Mark Reardon show or uh, 24,000 in Las Vegas, the answer is yes. You know, just say, say yes to life and watch what happens. So I, I went that day, delivered part of the message, and then eventually shared the story of learning how to play the piano and this teacher who showed up in my life and the impact that she made. And then I sat down and played for them my mom's favorite song, which is Amazing Grace. And it was like, it was a spiritual moment, man. It was super cool. Now when we go on the road, we, we play the piano almost every time, from Coldplay to U2 to Garth Brooks. That is amazing. Now, is there video of that somewhere? Because the picture just speaks volumes. You look like, you know, Billy Joel or Elton John in front of thousands of people. But is there video of that somewhere? Well, there is. And what I always say before I sit down at a piano bench, whether it's in front of four third graders or uh, 24,000, is I always say, hey, people, lower expectations. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, he's got no fingers, man. He's, he's, he's not Billy Joel. So, yeah, I mean, you could go to YouTube and Google John O'Leary. I'm going to look for it. That is awesome. So how is the circuit going right now? Oh, man, we're blessed. Even during COVID, I know it was an incredibly difficult time for many, but we did a lot of virtual work, did a lot of coaching and consulting organizationally, and had 365 dinners at home with my family. So even during the the, the challenging time, we were were fortunate. Yeah, that was a plus, uh, right. I mean, really, as you know, I have four kids, and I, I'm extraordinarily grateful to be a dad. So, loved my kids, and now I'm loving the fact that the uh, the airports are open, the hotels are busy, and we're doing a lot of speaking on the road again. Man, I got to tell you, I, I feel like I missed out here because my um, my second home the past two and a half, three years has been Las Vegas. I have a dear friend out there, and I think I was doing the math since December of 2019. I think I've gone 16 times. And a lot of it, though, and this is why I bring it up, is to go see concerts. So last year I saw John Mayer at the MGM in that yeah, same cool. room. But if I had known that you were out there playing piano, i got to adjust my concert going, John O'Leary, and check you out next time. But if you want to find out a little bit more about John, johnolearyinspires.com. It's a great website. You have a great Christmas. Enjoy that family. We will talk soon. Thanks for inspiring us this afternoon. Thank you, Mark. Hopefully, those of you who heard John's story will want to open up your wallets just a little bit, and it's real easy. You can text the word HOPE to 2357. You get a link back. You can make a donation for the kids at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Audio cut of the day is coming up. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Cut of the day is coming up here tomorrow on the show. Curtis Houck from the Media Research Center and Newsbusters on why there is no mainstream media coverage of the Twitter files, which I guess shouldn't shock most of us that are paying attention and follow the media on a regular basis. But we'll talk about it anyway. That's tomorrow afternoon. We have a roundtable coming up on Friday. We got a new uh, police chief here in St. Louis today, and it was kind of amazing. We talked about this with Jane at the start of the show because I mentioned this last week. I, I met Chief Sack, who was the interim chief, and yesterday the story was he pulled himself out of consideration there was another um, candidate that pulled himself out of consideration. Seemingly, there were a couple left. Robert Tracy is the guy. He's a white guy, former chief of the Wilmington, Delaware Police Department. He's a finalist um, or was a finalist here and really the last person standing, which is maybe why he got the job. We'll talk more about that on Friday during the roundtable. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. All right, I'm going to do a trifecta here this afternoon because I have a couple that I have not gotten in and I wanted to get all these in. So here we go. The first is just kind of comical. This is Joe Biden. This is our president. And this is in 2006. Listen to this. <laughs> a little change in the last uh, 16 years or so. The president used his radio address uh, yesterday and tomorrow in the Rose Garden to talk about a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. You know, think about this. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Wow, man, if you would say that today, if Joe Biden went up there yesterday or, you know, today at the White House podium or KJP said that or quoted the president, oh. Can you even imagine? And by the way, to his point, there are a lot of important things that are going on, far more important than inviting drag queens to the White House, which is what he did this week. Second bite here. This is interesting because we just had Carmine Marcino on. Carmine Marcino was the uh, the sheriff down in Lee County. My friend Tim McGowan hooked us up, and he's really a unique guy, all about law and order. In Brevard County, the sheriff down there, this guy's name is Wayne Ivey, and he announced what he called a brand new day for discipline at schools across the county. He was accompanied by some school board members, and he promised that things would change starting right now. Wayne Ivey. Quite frankly, they're not worried about getting in trouble. They know nothing's going to happen to them. They know they're not going to be uh, given after-school detention. They're not going to be suspended. They're not going to be expelled. Or like in the old day, they're not going to have the cheeks of their ass torn off for not doing right in class. Um, he said yesterday, if you're a little snot that's coming to our classes to be disruptive, you might want to find some place to go to school because we're not going to have you here. We're going to be your worst nightmare starting now. And by the way, this all ties in with some wins for Governor Ron DeSantis because he was standing at the podium there with a couple of new school board members that were elected and endorsed by the sheriff and Governor DeSantis. And uh, Susan, one of the, the new members there, is the new board chair. So things are changing. And this is one of the key, I think this is the key takeaway from what happened in the midterms is parents really did fight back, especially in Florida. I think it happened elsewhere around the country. We know it happened in Virginia with um, their you know, election for governor last year and lieutenant governor with Winsome Sears, but <clears throat> Glenn Youngkin with Winsome Sears. But still, 
you know, the Republicans did not do very well. The point is, is that DeSantis is on track here and really did some things in Florida. We had the guy on last night talking about why he moved from New York to Florida. And I think this speaks volumes right there. And then finally, and unfortunately, I have to tie this in because I remember it was a Friday, I believe, 10 years ago, the Sandy Hook um, tragedy. 10 years ago today, all those lost lives. I remember coming home that night. I was so depressed after being on the air, talking about it for hours and hours. I just was walking my dogs with my wife at the time and just broke down in tears. And you've got kids now that are, what, 17, 18 years old, maybe in their 20s, that survived that day, and they'll never be the same because of what happened. They heard an unusual noise, which was sort of metallic-sounding, pop, 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 and it, it sounded like gunshots. Pick out 911. What's the location of the emergency? Sandy Hook School. I think there's somebody shooting in here. Sandy Hook School. They're still running. They're still shooting. Sandy Hook School, please. I was, like, afraid when we had to go to our cubbies, and every door in the building except for the ones in the hallway had to close. As a country, we have been through this too many times. We're going to have to come together and take meaningful action to prevent more tragedies like this, regardless of the politics. It wasn't the first school shooting like that. It was the morning of December 14th, 20 children, six educators murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary. I remember at the time talking about solutions, and we're still not even close to being there. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.